Hey, yo, what up? Yeah. Y'all found us. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to Seriously Podcast. You can find us at seriouslypodcast.com as well as icn.dj. You can also catch us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. To keep up with the conversation with us, make sure you guys are using hashtag Seriously Recap. All right, guys, let's start the show. Let's get it. If you want the tea, come get with Seriously. Talking about your favorite web series right here on Seriously. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Seriously Podcast. It's your girl Brittany. And I'm Mary. And this is Seriously Podcast. If you don't know what Seriously Podcast is, we recap web series and we have a lot of fun. We get down and dirty with these series and we just break them down, share our questions, comments, and concerns. And there's so many web series out here. Like, Oh my God, oh so my many. God. The list is just so long. And it just keeps growing and yes, growing and, we, and we growing. We love it though. We love, we love it. it, but you know. We're only two girls. Only two girls. We can't do it all, y'all. All All right? (laughs) So we're bringing web series and chill back, y'all. For those who are not familiar with web series and chill, this is where we just take a series, we talk about it as a whole, and we give you reasons why you should be watching, why you should be binge watching it. Today we're talking about Blue Collar Hustle, the second season, and with us today we have the creator, Alanje Hawes. Thank you so much for being here with us. Woo-woo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you. So we always like to ask our first um, question for all our guests. What was the first web series that you um, ever watched? The first web series that I ever watched was a web series called Almost 30 by uh, Matthew Cherry. Mm. Um, which I thought was really, really good. And then right after that was a web series called Clean and Coffee by Nakia Stevens, yeah. um, which I thought were really, really good and kind of helped me on my journey towards creating my own web series. Yeah. So tell us about Blue Collar Hustle for those who, you know, just getting to it. What's it about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blue Collar Hustle is about, it's a scripted series about uh, four young black men who live in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, who are trying to create their own business. They're trying to start their own independent record label. Uh, to push one of their friends uh, as a rapper and they're doing this while uh, working their nine to five jobs and juggling things like their families um, kids and things of that nature so um and also congratulations on your new marketing deal with Seeking TV how how did that opportunity come about thank you yeah Seeking TV has been one of the first they were actually the first distribution uh, partner that we had we launched on YouTube last year early last year when we did the first season and we put out the first two episodes, and then after that, we saw that Sika, I, I was doing some research uh, for distribution partnerships and saw that Sika was about to launch and reached out to them and showed them the first two episodes. And really, they, they just really took to us from, from the start, and the relationship grew from there. And after we had a lot of success with the first season, and uh, we actually won an award uh, at the Minnesota Web Fest, uh, which Sika TV is a, is a sponsor of. Mm-hmm. So after that, ha- having... All that goodwill, uh, that's how the deal kind of came through to do a season two with them. And uh, we launched season two exclusively, uh, as of right now, it's exclusively with Sika TV. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Congrats. Um, congratulations. Thank you. No problem. Um, so I know you also play a Johnny, right? Yes, I play a Johnny Garvey, one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. So what do you like b- better, um, being in front of the camera or being behind it? I think that there's there's great aspects of both, honestly. Uh, it was kind of born of playing the character was kind of born of necessity because uh, it was one less actor that I'd have to pay. 
So <laughs> it, I, was, I was like, yeah, let me just do this so that way I don't have to worry about another actor. Uh, that was kind of like what started it. But after we really started on the journey, um, it was just really, really good just to play the character and, and what I thought was a portrayal of, a, of an African-American millennial in modern day society who is, you know, responsible and taking care of his family, but also has, you know, a goal and a dream that he's trying to realize. So mm-hmm. uh, I like both. I honestly like both. I would say being the creator and the writer, I really like the writing aspect the most, um, but I enjoy all aspects of the production. Okay. Um, so what was the biggest struggle you had creating this series? Getting the finances together. Uh, initially, it, I think probably everybody says that uh, when you're starting an independent, you know, business or anything independent, it's just really just getting the finances together. So what I did was, is I took like $2,000 that I had um, from a savings account and reached out to the director of the first season. His name was Jeffrey Henderson and just said, look, this is what I have. This is my vision. How much is it going to cost to get this together and, and what can we do to work towards that? And, you know, he gave me a fair rate. And from there, it was really about just just having the, the wherewithal and having the determination to do a lot of self-funding. So the first season was mostly entirely self-funded um, by myself and um, my co-producers and some of the cast as well. We just got it done. Wow. So as far as storyline, what is the biggest difference um, viewers will see com- from season one compared to season two? Season two is 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 much more. We go much more in depth into the personal lives of the characters. Season one was about establishing the characters and establishing them as individuals, so that you like them and want to root for them. Mm-hmm. And in season two, we go deeper into who these people are and the some of the internal conflicts that they're dealing with while trying to make it in the music business. Yeah, awesome. And I read in a past interview that the overall theme for season two is exploring the effects of post-traumatic slave syndrome in modern-day millennials. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about how, as far as being historically disenfranchised as an African-American you know, community, um, some of the things that we have to go through just to get a leg up. And what I wanted to do with that is I started thinking about all of my my favorite rappers or my favorite producers or my favorite musical entities. When you think about, you know, entities like Motown, when you think about Bad Boy, when you think about Rockefeller Records, mm-hmm. um, when you think about a lot of these, you know, these these people that came together and started something that really changed the, the, the course of music history, they never stayed together. They always ended up breaking up. True. And when you think about that and you ask yourself, well, why is that? Why is it that these, these black geniuses never can stay together it really just comes down to a lot of things and it comes down to the fact that a lot of us aren't taught the togetherness of a unity of community Mm. we're taught that we have to get ours by any means necessary as 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 individuals because we've come from some certain situations where it's like we don't have it we never had it and we're going to get it by any means necessary so when we come together we have a common goal but then we reach that goal what's next because you know black people aren't a monolith so I may have an idea about how to go about doing things. You may have an idea about how to go back doing things. And when it clashes, instead of finding a way to do it together, we're just like, okay, we're just going to go our own way because everybody wants to be the boss. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that is an effect of post-traumatic slave syndrome. So that's just something that we're going to explore in season two. Um, and it's a kernel that I placed in season one, but we're going to explore it full on in season two. Okay, so what's the biggest message you want the audience to get from your show? The biggest message I want the audience to get from the show is that black millennials in modern day society 
we haven't we have not been portrayed. Uh, my feeling is we haven't been portrayed properly. And with all the talk of diversity and how you know far we've come, we still have so much farther to go. And I want Blue Collar Hustle to be a piece of that conversation uh, towards diversifying with even even within our own communities. Definitely, I think you do a good job of doing that too. Thank you. So now we're going to get into episode one of season two of Blue Collar Hustle. Awesome. Okay, so the episode starts off from like a young buck. Johnny, his dad always blessed him with knowledge. And he always told him, like, you should always ask yourself, who are you? So then we, we cut into him, like, today. He's at work. He's at a meeting. Boss lady said something about productivity. He got big mad and said, I quit. Like, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> that was right. the last straw. That was it. That was it. So that was actually a, that was actually a plot thread from last uh, season. And we kind of ended it on a cliffhanger. And I knew that it was something that I wanted to kind of address right off the bat. So last season, you know, Johnny, he's he just had just gotten promoted. So he was basically the manager of that location. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's somebody who takes great pride in his work. He's somebody that basically started from the bottom. He started at the, at the lowest position and worked his way up to being a manager. And he was very proud of that. And when he met Quan and decided they were going to do a side business, He's somebody that basically he's kind of a direct one-way type of person. He puts his energy towards one thing. He spent so many years putting his energy towards, you know, the corporate side. Now he's putting all of it towards the business, the record company that they're trying to create. He does not know how to split, you know, his time. He doesn't know how to split his um, <clears throat> his obligations. Right. And so, you know, it comes out that he's not doing as good as he usually would, and his district manager comes and basically is like, "Look, you got to change it, or we're going to fire you." And that puts him under a lot of stress. And when we when we see him now at this point in his life, he's like, "Okay, you know what? I'm done with all this. This isn't what I want anymore." And he makes a rash decision, basically, and just quits. And it's something that he didn't even plan; he just did it. Right. So that's where his mindset is in that scene. Yeah, but I'm just like, you can't do that. You have to get a backup plan. You have to. Come on. Like, he has so much. Like, he has his girlfriend. He has his kid. Like... Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, that's what I'm talking about when we talk about, you know, periods of post-traumatic slain syndrome. This is somebody who all his life has worked hard towards a specific goal, and now he has another goal. Right. And he sees his window closing. And, you know, as a black man, you only have... We're only taught that we have so many opportunities because we're growing up taught that, okay... You have so many rappers, you have so many actors, you have so many dancers, but we always hear that, you know, where's the lawyers? You know, where's the yeah. astronauts? Mm-hmm. Where's the mathematicians? And he grew up with that mindset that he didn't want to fall into that stereotype. And now he sees that it's not a stereotype, it's a goal. So he said, I can only do one thing. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing because I only live once, basically. True. So he's like, the consequences be damned. So he's not thinking about everything now. He just made a decision. Right. You know, for better or for worse. <laughs> So let's see. So um, the next scene, we see Quan. He in the studio, but Homeboy is struggling. Like he got writer's block. Oh my god! He don't know what. Is he on something? <laughs> was he a little high? He was all no, no, no. No, he's not high. He's just so he's basically so everybody in the group serves a purpose. The Johnny's the leader. He's one that always is the cool head. He's always has the plan. And Quan's kind of always the rash one that we have kind of to pull back and keep him on. You know on on one path right so right now you know last season the goal was to put out the album 
we put out the album and he had all these lofty expectations and then the album comes out and doesn't really perform how he expected it to perform. So he's just really in a period of frustration right now. He's trying to see what his next move is and he wants to make his next move his best move. And he doesn't necessarily know if the plan that a Johnny has set for them is the best move. Right. But does he is he doing something on the side? He got money? Like where all this jewelry come from? <laughs> him so him so him, a Johnny, um, and the rest of the main characters all well before Johnny quit. They all worked together. Right. Right. And with a but Johnny he was always was struggling, like, because he said his baby mom was always, like, bothering him to buy stuff. So where did all right. his jewelry come from? <laughs> so the jewelry, <laughs> the jewelry is jewelry that he's accumulated over time. It's not mm-hmm. something he just, that he just, you know, bought. He's a responsible oh, okay. father. You know, it's just stuff that he's accumulated over time, and he's just flexing. He wants the world to see him as Quan Kubrick, the artist. But in reality, he's struggling with that. He's struggling with living up to those goals. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he he's also upset because he wants major results right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's he right. mumble rappers out here getting big. He's like, what's taking it so long? <laughs> but he wants, like, it takes time. He needs to calm down. He is so big mad. Like. <laughs> I just want better, bro. You know what I'm saying? I know my shit is better than half of these niggas spin that garbage on the radio. Yo, beats are better. A Johnny, his ideas are better. So, man, what else we got to do, man? It sound like you hating on another nigga hustle, man. Like, it's not about them niggas, man. It's about how hard you ready to work, man. Right, he's big mad, but see, and this is something that we explore in the, you know, later on in the season. You'll see the source of his frustrations Mm -hmm. because he's actually been doing this for a while. And Mm -hmm. it's getting to the point now where he sees his window closing, too, and he thinks that this is his best chance to get on now. So he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to make any excuses. He's like, look, we need to get this money now because I'm only going to be rapping for like the next maybe like year, and then after that, it's like, what, am I, what else am I going to be doing? Right. But nobody wants to be the 30 year old rapper who hasn't got on. Right. But you'd be surprised they'd be out here yeah. starting now, starting at 40. And he just seems to be getting angrier and angrier and drinking, just drinking away. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he is. He's getting he's getting more. It's it, it's not really anger at this point. It's frustration. Yeah, that's what it is because. They worked so hard to put the album out, and they spent so much money, and they spent so much time and energy. And when you feel as if the audience isn't appreciating your art, you know you feel rejection. Mm-hmm. And Quan is somebody who you'll see doesn't take rejection well. Right, he really yeah. does not. Mm-mm. My God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to um, Anthony and Asha. They're at the office. They're trying to find what's going to be Plan B because. Uh, Johnny's gone, so it's like, where do where does that leave us at this point? So, Asha, she always been the one to kind of fly below the radar, just doing just doing what she has to do, not going above, above and beyond. Um, right. For and I guess because it's not really her passion, right? So she doesn't really. No, it's it's, it's not her passion at all. And yeah. Again, when we go forward into season, we'll see what her real passion is. But she's someone who basically just took the job as a job, exactly. and even though she has the potential to be more, a Johnny tried to pull that out of her in the in the beginning and she was like no nah, i'm not doing all that homie. like <laughs> we did the way we are we're not changing the boat now she's kind of being forced to if she wants to stay employed right because right. yeah anthony's like you know corporate's about to come down in a minute right and he's the new right guy. corporate's coming to fire everybody <laughs> like it's a wrap and trust this really me. happens in these type of situations trust where, you know, me relatable Re- yeah. no this scene was just all too relatable too like relatable. oh my god it took us back it took us so back, back. Right. They're like, they're basically like, so in, in the story, the way it's told is a Johnny was given free reign 
And what Ajani did was Ajani hired a lot of young black people. Mm-hmm. And when you hire, and unfortunately it's a fact in the world, when it's a bunch of young black people in a corporation, if you do not perform above and beyond, they will just come fire you and put somebody else that they feel like can do it better. Fire all you Everybody, Everybody has to go. Everybody got to go. Trust us. Trust us. The whole team went. The whole, whole team. Right. This happened to us. Whole right. team was gone. Right. So Anthony's trying to stop that from happening, and he knows he needs Asha's help because Asha knows the system better than anybody. She knew it better than even a Johnny did. Right. Right. Come on, so girl. we find out that um, like Anthony's the new Johnny. Yes, Anthony is the new Johnny, which is a position he never saw himself. In. Right. He's so like, it's based I, like I everybody's know. lives are affected by a Johnny's rash decision making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we see Ajani got the nerve to be at lunch, like he ain't got no job. <laughs> the nerve to be eating. You gotta go home and make a ramen noodle. Cut it out. <laughs> okay, you know how. All right, you know how. I don't know. If, I don't know how it is, but for men, I know for for us men, when we have bad news to deliver, <laughs> we like to give our women like a, or a significant other a spoonful of sugar first. So mm-hmm. for. A lot of us go, hey, let's go out to dinner. That's like the spoonful of sugar. Don't try to butter me up. Right. We're buttering you up before we're like, uh, hey, about that, though, while you're right. enjoying this meal. So <laughs> he, he basically took her to her favorite restaurant, and he's kind of distracted because he knows he has to give her bad news. Mm-hmm. And him being him, he knows how she's going to take it. Right. So, yeah. But, I mean, she communicates to him. Yes. That she that. wants to take more acting classes and she wants to cut back on working hours and she wants to see if this is okay with him. I want to make sure. He literally says, so actually. Right. And that's I, what, that's I just why quit I my job. Like <laughs> right. right. That's what, I wrote the scene like that to show that she's trying to be considerate of his feelings and his situation. And in the moment, he wasn't considerate of her feelings, her situation. Because for a lot of black men, for and again, for better or for worse, us us chasing our goals, there's a lot of selfishness in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of selfishness in chasing your goals. Period. So I was trying to highlight that point and just show how that could fracture a relationship. Yeah, because all he had to do, like as he was sitting in that meeting with his boss, he could be like, you know, what? I'm not feeling this. Let me go home. Let me think about this. Let me talk to her, and I'll quit tomorrow. Like he just made that rash decision. Come on. Now. Or maybe not even quit at all. Maybe he didn't oh, yeah. have to quit. Yeah, you know, he he felt, and it's up to the viewer to decide. I tried to leave it up to the viewer. He felt at that moment, based off how his life was going and how he was feeling, that he had to quit that job, right, for better or for worse. So yeah. it's just up to the viewer to understand. I, I, Anaya doesn't think that he should have quit at all. So right, need that income, definitely. Right, <laughs> and he was making good money. So yeah. I think, and I think it was you said something about like um, he didn't know how to do both, like most of the time you have to have your nine to five to fund your dream. Like that can fund like your side hustle. Like he's not thinking like that. Right. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, season one, that's what he was doing. He was working and he was using that money to, you know, help his family and right. be a good family man, but also to fund the dream. Now it's like, I just took that away from myself. Yeah. And now it's like, what are you going to do now? What, what's your plan? He's always been the one with the plan. Now he has no plan. Right. Right. So she had to call on to the Lord because she had to go off on him. Oh, Lord, my God. Please tell me that this man, this seemingly good man, is simply playing a joke on your faithful servant. Look, 
I had to, okay? I had to. You just tell me. You don't understand how. I understand that we have a one year old daughter who's at my mother's house right now. Like, you had no right to be doing that. Like, you were so inconsiderate. You didn't even think about me or your family. You just did whatever the hell you wanted to do at that moment. Absolutely. And I feel like I feel like her, her reaction was was 100% in the right. Oh, 100%. 110%. <laughs> you, you worked two years to get to that position, and you, you out here quitting right. to manage right. some artists? Like, are you serious? <laughs> you didn't even speak to me about this? Are you crazy? Like, the artist's not even making, you know, major money, so it's not major like... Moves. Oh man! So you know she's disappointed, and um, she ends up leaving. But what did he do? No, first of all, he didn't even chase after her. Like, let's talk about it. He was like, "What time are we hitting the stew?" That's his main <laughs> main concern. He did. She was like, "Look, I'm gonna leave with the car, and you can Uber to wherever because I know you can't wait to you know tell your boys that you're free now and right. that you can do whatever you want. That's all you and- care about." And, and she was absolutely right. So, again, we're in a situation where it's now it's instead of chasing the dream, it's what is the dream going to cost you to realize it? Mm. What are you prepared to give up? Is he prepared to give up his relationship? Is You know, he's already prepared to give up a high-paying job. Right. So now are you prepared to sacrifice your entire relationship and how that person feels and you have a daughter? Mm. And they didn't even go to the studio. They hanging out outside. So what was the point? <laughs> well, it, so the scene is outside the studio. So they were at okay. the studio, and when he comes up to meet them, they had just left. Mm. Oh, they just left the studio. Okay. Yeah, okay. so they had just left the studio. Okay. So he puts them on, and, you know, he got a lot of plans or whatever, but Quan ready to quit. <laughs> Quan? Right. Quan is ready to quit, and Johnny's like, no, you still need your job. Like, right. No, Johnny need a job? I'm confused. <laughs> Like, well, Johnny said, uh, Johnny basically quit. saying, I have savings, I have connections, I can get another job. You don't have those connections. You <laughs> need your job. <laughs> Everybody can't just quit. Yes. And even um, Anthony is kind of like, you making all these plans? I don't even want this position. <laughs> like, do I get a say in anything? For all intents and purposes, they basically begged me not to follow this man out. Mm. They offered you my salary? A little bit more, actually. Good. So... They're desperate, which means you can negotiate anything. Now, what that's going to do is allow us to get Quan today's offer. You're forgetting one thing, man. If I even want this job and all the headache that comes with it. He's like, wait a minute. I was your right-hand man, and now I'm the man at the job. And you just acting like it's all cool now. Like, you didn't even ask my feelings about this. Now, I never wanted to be the man. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's just like, it's kind of sowing seeds of discord. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and I think this is another, like, example of Johnny kind of being selfish. Like, he didn't, like, talk us over with his, he got all these major plans, but he didn't, you know, put his boys into it, kind of. Nope. No, he did not. He just he just said, this is what we're doing, right. and you guys are going to follow, follow my rules because yeah. everything I've done so far has, has been successful. He, he gave a little speech and pumped something in their hearts, and, you know, he quoted his daddy. <laughs> He's right. like, who are you? And they believed him, too. He, they felt that in their hearts. <laughs> yes. Who am I? <laughs> Well, because in his mind, in his mind, in a Johnny's mind, he's right. You know, and a, a Johnny doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong. Now he feel he may feel a little bit of residual guilt from what happened with him and Anaya, but when it comes to them, he feels like, and that's why he says Anaya doesn't understand me. But you guys have to, because mm-hmm. as black men, he feels like we're all in this together. Yeah, yeah. And you guys understand, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm sacrificing. In his mind, he's sacrificing for them. Right, right. Oh, true. That's what he tells himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's what he's telling himself. So and he convinces it, so it's like his gospel. He believes it, right? Right. right. Yeah, he's he's sipping his own Kool Aid real hard. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
and they sipping right with right him. Like, yes. Yes. Right. Well, because so far, so far, everything that he's that he's that he said in season one, you know, all the plans that he had helped. You know, it helped get them to a higher level, a consistently higher level. So right now, he has a lot of goodwill with them. So they may not understand everything that he's that he's doing, but at this point, they believe that it's going to work out. Right. <laughs> and then they have a little cipher. They all yep. they just type. <laughs> um, and then and then we see a Johnny. He goes home and he's watching um, a Jay Z interview. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange, saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same. I love that line because, like, I'm thinking. Yes, he's like, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That Jay Z said it best, y'all. That's what I'm doing. Right, absolutely. What but doing. what, but what the, the more ominous tone about it is is when he's talking about the Basquiat painting and how you know you work so hard to get where you get and you fought the battles and you won, but you know at the end you can't keep the crown. Somebody's coming to get it. You get your head cut off. Yeah, you know. And that's kind of, that's just a little bit of a shape of things to come. Mm. It's like, you know, what are you going to sacrifice to be king of the hill? And then when you get to the top, who's coming for your spot? Right, right, right. That's true. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. deep. So, <laughs> we'll see if this, if this change is going to be good or bad for him. It's gonna, I feel like it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. Uh-uh. No, it's not going to be easy. And I wanted to reflect real life because, again, you have so many people, again, who, who come into it when they're young and they think that, you know, being a rapper or actor. I was actually listening to one of your uh, older interviews uh, with a gentleman when you guys were doing the Wash recap. Yeah. And he was talking about when he was coming up being a rapper and he thought, you know, by 30 he was going to retire and just mm, live right, on the right, beach right. somewhere. But, you know, it all it all hits us at different times. Yeah. You know, the the reality hits us. And so for Johnny, it's kind of going backwards. He's somebody that started out responsibly and decided he was going to cast away all thoughts of chasing your dreams and all that. He thought it was nonsense. And now he is chasing his dreams. So now he's kind of he's kind of living backwards in a way. Mm -hmm. He's still trying to do it in a responsible manner. He's still putting his all into it. But he's going to find out very, very soon how hard it is, number one, to be a leader. Number two, to keep people excited and invested in what your vision is. And number three, how hard it is to really, really get to that grain and, and really, really work for it. Because it's different than working in an office setting or a retail setting where you can see clear terms of advancement. You know, there are no rules in the music business. Yeah, that's true. Um, so let's talk about why our listeners should watch. Yeah. Yes. So, Mary? Um, so I really like this show because I like that you guys... Um, we get to see the perspective of like a black man, like chasing his dream, but also trying to provide for his family. And that's not some that's something that we don't really see on TV or on any other platform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you guys um, also touch on like political topics like police brutality, social injustice, protesting. And we got we get to hear like from a black man's perspective as opposed to like someone else speaking for a black man. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And that's something I wanted. The premise, you know, on it, it on its own, I felt like was interesting. But I really wanted to explore topics in the African American community and explore, you know, conversations that we've been having, and really just kind of put it out there and and show people like, yes, it's real, and yes, it does affect us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just something that we watch on TV and say, oh, yep, another black guy, and then we just get up and you know we go out about our day, you know, just getting shot and killed in his own apartment. No, right. we carry this with us. You know, like we go to work, we have conversations, you know, there have been times when we go to work and, and we have conversations like we feel like, man, we only want to be here today. 
You know, like we're so demoralized by the senseless violence and the senseless killings and the senseless murders and the senseless lynchings that are going on, you know, of our people, both black men and black women, that is just sometimes it's just so demoralizing. You don't even want to go to work because it's like, what for? You right. know, I could be on my way to work, get, get get put over by a policeman. That could be the end of my, not just my day, but my life. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and these are just the conversations that, that need to be had. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I know um, we're talking about episode one, but I'm really excited for viewers to actually watch ep episode two. Because you guys talk about Kaepernick, and I, I, I feel like you guys... Um, did a really good job of incorporating that and like having a message. So that was really, I like how you guys incorporate these, these conversations. Seemingly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I worked really hard on that particular episode cause I wanted to do, I wanted to do the conversation justice mm -hmm. and I wanted to show because, you know, back when I wrote that episode, we didn't know what Kaepernick's ultimate fate was going to be. Mm. It, we didn't know if he was ever going to get another job again. Now, you know, he got the Nike deal. Yeah. You know, everything's working out for him. But back then, you know, his future was really murky. And I wanted to explore, like, the consequences of standing up for what's right in the African-American community. What consequences do you face? You can be blackballed. You can lose your living. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, you mean you lose your income. And how do you, how can you take care of your family? Of course, you stand up for what's right. But standing up for what's right costs you everything. Right. And I just wanted to explore the, 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 the hypocritical nature of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um... So, what are you most excited for viewers to see throughout season two? I'm really excited for viewers to see the journey itself and just to see how the four main characters, how they're changed by the journey and how they're changed by the decision making, you know, of, of all four of them as individuals. I'm also really excited for the audience to see, again, like I said, we do, we do episodes that, you know, kind of split off a little from the main plot and you see the lives of characters that you never really, you know, that you weren't privy to in season one because we were season one was a, a big setup season for you to understand who these characters are. But now you meet their families and you see like what makes them tick and why they see the world the way they do. Because like I said, black people are not a monolith. So I want just for the audience to see that and really just see that there are so many different and beautiful and challenging situations that black people go through that just makes us us. Right. One more question. So a lot, I know a lot of web series creators' goals are to make it to TV network. Is that something you see for Blue Collar Hustle? Uh, when we talk about TV networks and we talk about like the big networks, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, no, mm. um, because I feel like they bastardize the vision, and that's not mm. something that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, what I'm mostly interested in is streaming distribution. Right. Um, I think there's a lot more creative freedom, and I think there's a lot more risk taking going on in that form. So that's what I'd be interested in personally. That's yeah, what's up. that is what's up. I love that. I love that honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for the show. Do you think Adani will ever go back to the workforce? Stay tuned. Oh. Stay tuned. Okay. Because he got bills. He got bills. <laughs> he got bills, so stay tuned. He got bills. <laughs> Wait, so, Mary, do you have any predictions for the rest of the season? Um, what I would hope is that his girlfriend leave him what? because Ooh. he acted irrational out here. He didn't think about her. He convinced himself that, you know, he's making all these moves for his family so he can, you know, have his legacy. But in the moment, he's thinking about himself only. And I can't mm. respect his selfishness. That's so I feel a very like he needs, interesting prediction. He needs to be alone for a little while really? to realize, you know, what he lost or could lo lose for the long term. 
Very interesting prediction. Very interesting. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I see. I think she's mad, but I feel like she's a supportive girlfriend. But he, they're not married yet. He needs to propose. I think she's supportive, but I feel like he's playing around because if she forgives this one thing, he might try that shit again. Like, mm. do another selfish oh, whatever move. Whatever he wants. Yeah, another selfish move. And she might just, like, it might be too much for her. Like, she's going to reach her limit at some point. Yeah. Mmm. Interesting. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm pers- I'm hoping, I'm all for side hustles and small businesses. So I'm really hoping that this label gets off the ground. I want Quan to be big, like, by the end of the season. Like, I want people to know him and just see what's up. That's what I want to see. Okay. <laughs> and I like Quan. Yeah. I, I like, uh, Quan is a very, like, hilarious cla- character. Quan, yeah. You know, so you want to know something that's funny? Like, like, a lot of that is based off of uh, Quentin Williams, who plays Quan. That's just like a lot of that's based off his real personality. He's 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 a real smooth, charming guy, but he also has like this way about him where he's like really funny in certain situations and just his perspective on certain things is just always so. It's just different, you know. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Quentin Williams. That's my homeboy. Right? He's single or no? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm let him speak for himself. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Um. But yeah, I'm really excited for the rest of season two. I feel like there's a lot of twists and turns that I'm I'm ready to see. So, so everybody should watch. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. Man, I've been this has been a goal of mine to be on your podcast really? for a long time. Oh. Yes, I lo- I told you I love you guys. Uh, I've listened to a lot of your interviews that you did with um the creators of uh, Tough Love, yes. which is a web series that I feel like is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and makeup uh, makeup and breakup, yeah. which I really love that show. That's like one of probably my top three or four favorite web series of all time. Right. I love that show. Really good. And, you know, just a lot of things that you guys are doing in the web series community, especially for the black web series community, you and Black Talent TV. So, like, when I first heard you guys, I was like, yeah, I got to get on there. So, oh, my God. You thank, know. You. thank you. Thank you so for having much. Me. All right. So, um, before you go, can you just share where everyone can follow you on social media and where they can find the show? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Blue Collar Hustle right now, uh, season one, you can find on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Quelly TV. We're also on Go Indie TV. And, of course, Sika TV. Um, season two right now is exclusive to Sika TV. So if you want to catch, uh, if you just want to binge watch and watch season one and season two, it's on Sika TV. The first five episodes of, of season two are available right now. And we'll be having the next five out uh, very, very, very soon. And as for myself and the show, um, on Instagram, we are BCH underscore web series. On um, Facebook, we're Blue Collar Hustle. And on Twitter, we are BCH underscore web series. Yes. All right. So make all sure right. you guys follow and stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Stay right. tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you so much, Alanjay. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. So that's it for today's episode. If you want to keep up the conversation, make sure you're using the hashtag Seriously Recap and following us on all social networks at Seriously Podcast. Oh, and don't forget to check out our website at Seriously Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, and concerns, make sure you just fill out the little chat box on the, at the bottom of the page. Yes. So until next week, bye, guys. Bye.